Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits. Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series this country's ever produced. My name is Josh Earl, and joining me this week, oh, it's the bad boys of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please welcome, it's Alexi Toliopoulos and Cameron James, yay! Yes, Thank hello. you for having us, thank you so much. We're, we're actually not that bad, we're actually pretty oh, yeah, lovely, the, the, yeah. The soy boys of podcasting. Oh, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as soy, but... We're kind of a middle ground somewhere, like a oat skim milk, milk yeah, perhaps. Oats, I would say, yeah. Maybe an oat latte. The yeah, oat latte, no. fellas. Barista style. We're actually yeah, barista yeah, yeah, style yeah. oat yeah. milk. From a McCafe. I'm, I'm <laughs> actually McCafe style. I, <laughs> do you know what I, I've been getting into lately? And this is my dirty little secret. Wow. 7-Eleven coffees. Oh yeah! Look, there's no. I got no beef with Seven Eleven coffee. I'm gonna get kicked out of Melbourne if I say this publicly, though. This is <laughs> not good. We, you'll always be welcome in Sydney. In Sydney, Thank we you. we always drink shitty coffee because we're like bustling around. We're busy, you know. We're going do from you, place to place. Do you have coffee? I thought it was just a Melbourne thing. I thought coffee was just <laughs> only yeah. Melbourne people. We've got g- g- different types of coffee. You guys have never even heard of filter, batch, brew, that kind of stuff. Nice. Americanos. All from the 7-Eleven. That's good. Yeah, Always yeah, from yeah. the 7-Eleven. <laughs> We've got Brothers Brew Coffee, Oat, <laughs> Dare. We've Dare. got all the types of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alexa, you're the, you're the first repeat guest. Thank you for coming back. Well, it was my pleasure. My last time here was one of the great joys of my life. So you know I had to come back for a return. You did volume one, <laughs> side B. Now yeah. we're talking volume 11, side B. Far out. There's so many songs that have been produced for CDs. Who would and have this, thought? That's a great observation. It's been a really twen- good observation. It's been 20 episodes, Alexi, but only two and a half years in the wow. time of when you first on and then this one. So we're, we're looking at 94. Wow, great 1994, great 1994, year. the year punk broke. Mm-hmm. 1994, the death of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Oh, God, uh, rest in peace. Possibly, I think, Tupac and Biggie that year as well. Is that correct? Oh, my Lord. We, we haven't got true? to there this year. This is the very start of the 94 when this came out. So, Kurt Cobain still kicking about. He's yes. still having a great time. He's yeah. actually better than ever. <laughs> he has no idea what's coming. He's got he a no bit idea. of a sore tummy and then that's about it. <laughs> He has no idea that Courtney's about to murder him. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't subscribe to that. That is not one of my theories. My theory is that Tupac and Biggie killed him. Oh, oh shit. That's and good. then they couldn't live with the guilt. And so yeah. they killed each other because they thought the other one was going to dob them. Exactly. That's it. Someone's seen some Nick Broomfield documentaries, it would appear. Yes. We've broken it wide open. We hear a lot about the East-West rivalry. You never hear about the East-West grunge rivalry. <laughs> the East-West and the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 94, Cam, 
You, mm. you, how old were you in '94? Uh, I would have been six, six years old. So yes. Do you do you remember any of these songs when you first when they first came out? Well, that's what's so exciting about getting this list. I, I grew up on top forty radio and these sorts of CDs, these one hundred percent hits, these smash hits kind of things. So when you sent me through, here's here's the nineteen ninety four volume eleven side B. I thought this is going to be like revisiting an old friend. This is going to be like all the songs from when I was a kid. I'm going to love every single one of them. I looked down at the list. <laughs> I only knew fucking one of these songs by name. And then that just, it made me so angry to think what an absolute crock of shit this like 100% hits is. They're just clearly, it's clearly pay for, pay for play. Hey, I love it. You're going to, you're going to discover, you're going to discover some absolute hits in this one. <laughs> like, are these technically hits? You know, you're in for trouble when you look at it. There's a crowded house song and it's one you don't even know by name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that one. Yeah. We'll get to cra- look. Crowded House are a staple. They've been mm. on five of these compilations already. Oh, but we'll awesome. get to that because we're going to kick off with some Swedish house music. Oh, Swedish! Okay. This is Melody MC <laughs> and his monster hit, "Monster <laughs> Dumb to Dumb." Zero minus one hour and fifteen minutes and holding. holding. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I was shocked when you said Melody was a man just then. I yeah. just assumed the name Melody was like, oh, it's a woman. I also don't think I made it up to the vocals. Let's stick to it on my own. <laughs> hey, the year's 94. Melody mm. can be men, Alexi. Mm, wow. It's all good. Gosh. Very oh my God, it was a Sweden. progressive time. Wake yeah. up and join the 90s, Alexi. Yeah. God, sorry. I was a man frozen in 1967 and I'm being thawed out in the 90s. I don't know how to freaking deal with everything. Alexi is Encino Man. All right. Now, this was Melody MC's biggest hit. It reached number five in Australia. It went platinum. Number five, platinum. 70,000 70, plus copies. It's just oh such an amazing time. This is not that long ago. No. 30 odd years ago. And you can look back at it and go, wow, like this, the whole landscape was different. Some mm. random Swede yeah. could have a number five hit in this country. Well, it was only Australia, Sweden, and one other country where he was big. Mm. And the other country mm. was Greece. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. wow so, wow. Alexi, you should really know yeah. this. Well, that's why I'm absolutely loving this song. Both <laughs> halves of my being are dancing together, <laughs> listening to this music. <laughs> How many times have you been to Greece, Alexi? A few times? 
Uh, I've only been there once, and oh. it was around this era where I was in Greece. I mean, a few years later than '94, so I didn't yep. hear this happening. Oh, but, so you, um, but could you imagine this being played on the beaches of Greece? Of course, people were eating their lukomadas in their freaking budgie smugglers, trying to get into the azure waters of the Greek islands, listening to this Swedish mix of sounds. <laughs> Uh, this is <laughs> Melody MC, by the way. Music, a mix yeah. of sounds. <laughs> well, I don't know what genre this is. Is this house music? This is dance. dance music. Yes. Yeah, it's it's he he Melody MC claims he's a rapper. Okay. I'm still going. I by the way, say you, this is Euro dance. Like, yeah, okay. This, a classic, a staple of the Euro dance is the 808, mm-hmm. which we have a lot in this track, and that sort of sawtooth synth that's just mm. the most unsubtle synth sound in the world, just like. Meh. Yeah. Well, this is from the debut God, album of So the penguin from Batman, the 1960s TV show, is sampled on this. That's how they. That's how they made the sawtooth synth wave. Is they sampled the penguin. <laughs> hey, we're going to talk about Batman a bit later, but this mm. was his debut album. It was called Northland Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Which wow. mm-hmm. Northland is the shopping centre right near my house here in Preston. Wow, no wonder it sold so many copies. <laughs> and Northland is a wonderland, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to buy fidget toys uh, or, get, or get your hair threaded in the middle of the actual so- shopping centre where everyone can see, that's, that's where you go, Northland. It's a great place. But I remember this being played at school socials mm. and at sporting events. This is a big one it for sporting se- events. It sounds like a real, yeah, like... Actually, a cheerleader sort of yeah. song. You get the yeah. cheer. The girls come out. They do their routine. This is blasting. The mascots running around this like the side of the fucking field. I can yeah. see that killing. Yeah, it, it killed. All right, we're gonna move on. I don't think we have anything else to say about Melody MC. I just want to say I don't. I've never heard of Melody MC, but I really quite like that. I, it takes me back to a certain feeling. I, even though I feel like I've never heard this song, mm-hmm. yeah. I've heard a lot of songs like it. And I enjoy it. I enjoy the feeling of it. I mean, Would you go for a run listening to it, Cameron? Um, yes, but what I think more likely I would like to put on a nice, beautiful silk suit. Wow. And hit up a dan- a discotheque. Wow, a shark skin. Yeah, shark skin suit, discotheque, and I'm weaving my way through the crowd looking for babes. Holy and they can't, smokes. And they can't take their eyes off me. Oh my gosh, this sounds beautiful. Cameron <laughs> is there having probably a vodka orange yep. uh, screwdriver. I'm a screwdriver. I'm saying, girls, the screwdrivers are on me tonight. <laughs> It's the type of club I imagine that has a bit of a black light going on. Oh, definitely, mm. definitely. You can see the people who've washed their shirts a few times and that little, like, <laughs> pilly bits on their shoulders. Black light, mirror dance floor. Um, nice. And I'm having the best time of my life and everyone wants to fuck me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's at the end of every song. That's what you say. <laughs> All right, move on now. We've met these two. Mm-hmm. This is, a, I've got a big duo on the podcast, but this is another big duo. We wow. met them a few episodes ago with uh, Zane Rowe. This is Chuckademus and Pliers. And this is the follow-up to Tease Me. This is She Won't Let Nobody. Or She Don't Let Nobody. All of go on and I run around the world like I can't get by a girl. 24-7-48 for Pliers and Chuckademus Park watching our star. Step cross. She don't let nobody. She don't let nobody know. She don't let nobody. 
another dance floor of Cam. I, mm. I imagine the, the silk shirt a bit unbuttoned now, Cam. <laughs> oh. later, a little bit later in the evening, people started to pair up. Yeah. I'm um, still on, solo. I'm still solo. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I stay solo the whole night. Yeah. And I'm kind of lounging. You know those lounges near the dance floor? Like oh, the, the VIP. VIP section. I've got mm-hmm. both arms up on the back of the lounge and I'm just kind of looking around at everyone and I'm, I'm happy mm. that they're happy. You're experiencing the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> this was a follow-up to Tease Me and they followed up with a cover of Curtis Mayfield. So this is a Curtis Mayfield song. Now, I don't think it's a good sign when you have a big hit and you follow it up with a cover. What do you, what do you boys think? Um, I think that the, it's a risky move. I think it's a very risky move because you're like, okay, um, I've run out of stuff from within my soul and mm. now I have to show you what I like. But I actually did really quite like this. This is more in my wheelhouse. Song number yeah. one, that's a Cameron track. This is Alexi. I love reggae. I love R&B. I love the sounds of the Caribbean, the dance hall. Yeah. The cool. lover's rock of it all, you know? <laughs> You would have loved the early 90s, Alexi, because mm-hmm. a lot of reggae was coming out. Mm. People were really, reggae was on the charts. Yeah, that's what I love. I wish that was like it was today. Today, we I barely hear any modern reggae. I have to seek it out. Yeah, it's not as popular as it once was in the pop charts. Although you do sometimes catch a Harry Styles or a Justin mm. Bieber and that's dabbling, what I love. dabbling in dub. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's which what is, introduced me to the, it all. The name of my my podcast, <laughs> Dabbling in Dub. And it's just whenever a mainstream artist experiments with some reggae sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm also a big R&B fan. I love 90s R&B. This is actually quite nice, this song. Mm. I think this is cool. Um, and my thoughts on the cover thing, I mean... I think I always feel bad for an artist if they have yep. a huge hit that's a cover. Oof. You know, yes. like, remember that, um, is it Youth, a- Alien youth Ant Group? Farm. Alien oh, Ant youth, Farm, yeah. Youth Group. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was that band, I can't remember what they are called, but they covered Boys of Summer. Oh. Um, was it like the, Madonna, the Androids or something like that? The Androids yeah. was Do It Like Madonna. Okay, right. It was some, there's some, the Ataris, I think it might have been. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was the Ataris, yeah. Yeah, the Atari. I always feel bad for a group like that because I think, you know, oh. I mean, like, what, what? how do you then segue mm. into your own songs after you've had a big cover hit? Well, I was I... thinking, Cam, with you, well, you had quite a big hit with your comedy show this year. Mm, mm. Could you imagine following that show up with a cover <laughs> of another person's show? <laughs> That's actually a, a really good idea. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I was trying to convince Greg Larson that we that we buy the rights to the Faulty Towers dining experience, and we just do that <laughs> next year. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, they must be doing an ironic version of it," and we go, "No, nope, we're just nah. doing it like <laughs> word for word." <laughs> Well, this song got to number four of the UK. So it wasn't like it, they followed up Tease Me and this was another mm-hmm. hit for them. Nice. Then, then they dropped off a little bit. I'm proud of them. Oh, I think it's really go. nice. I didn't realise it was Curtis Mayfield. Yeah, Curtis Mayfield song. Oh, there I, you didn't know. Know. I don't think I've heard uh, much of Curtis Mayfield. I, I know the name, but yeah, not much of him. All right, moving on. This is, we've, been, we've talked about these, these ladies before. This is on Vogue. Mm. And oh, their yeah. song... Runaway love. Mm. Oh, I really love. Oh, nice song. Thank you. 
Runaway Love. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's great. Of, of all the songs so far, this is one most likely to make it into a playlist for mm-hmm. me. Yep. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm maybe similar to you, Josh. I quite like making playlists and I yep. like making a lot of, I'll have different vibes. So I've, I've got a 90s R&B playlist that's currently sitting at two hours and 22 minutes <laughs> in length. <laughs> yes. um, and it's, you know, you've got Casey and Jojo on there, Boys to Men, yep. uh, Blackstreet bit of brandy, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, this is going to make it into the playlist, right? Mm. I, I, I highly recommend a bit of On Vogue. Mm. I a love bit, On Vogue. A bit of SWV too, Sisters with Voices. I've, I've just discovered them. So oh. they're, they're quite good too. I'm but adding both right now. This was the titular single from their Runaway Love EP. Oh, wow. The follow-up to their very successful Funky Divas album, which only came out in 92. So then they follow up with this. They were riding high this time. They, they had a deal with Converse. They were the support right. act for Luther Vandross's world tour. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, though, they didn't, get on, they didn't get on well, and Luther Vandross at the end of the tour said he'll never work with them again. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Far out. <laughs> and also around this time, this is for you two film buffs. <laughs> they were featured in Batman Forever. Oh, wow. And I'm quoting IMDb here. They played Girls on the Corner Hoping to See Batman. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, really? So they yeah. do they have dialogue in it or what? I think they're just kind of. I think they they do talk, but it's not like anything to do with with Batman or stuff. So I think is that him? Yeah. Oh wow. right. Is it is that when Robin is driving past in the Batmobile and they and some girls get excited that they think it's Batman? It's Maybe I haven't seen it for that a must long be time. On Vogue. All wow. I remember is it was really about Jim Carrey's Riddler. That's so fun. I reckon that's what it is. I know that movie pretty well. Mm. And I think that would be what the scene is. And that's a very musical film as well. We've got a Mm. lot of hit singles from it. We've got Kiss from a Rose by Seal, which already was not made for that movie. I just found this out like two weeks ago. Kiss Mm. from a Rose, the music video is Batman Forever, all that stuff. It came out on that soundtrack. It came out a little while earlier and was already in one movie before Batman Forever came out. The movie it was in was The Never-Ending Story 3. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I guess they've just announced they're making another Never-Ending Story. Oh, really? Yeah, it's coming out in 2024. They've just oh announced it. Oh, my gosh. That's, That's huge for me. I've always yeah. said we need more reboots of 80s classic movies. Yeah. <laughs> I've always said that. Well, the other another song on the soundtrack of Batman Forever was uh, the U2 song. Was it Hold oh, Me, Kiss hold Me? Hold Me, yeah. Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. Kill me. Yeah. Terrible song. Terrible wow. terrible era of U2, in my opinion. That wow. sort of like, they when they thought they were funny for that brief few years. Well, here's another thing <laughs> that... A terrible idea would have been, and this is what Joel Shoemaker, who was director of uh, Batman Forever, wanted Bono in the film (laughs) as his character, McFisto. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is true. That That actually would have been funny. That (laughs) is devious. Shoemaker is like a real maximalist. I love him. I think he's such like a wacky genius. Yeah. And I think that is evidence of genius because he would be like knowing, it's like, yeah, I'm setting Bono up to get laughed at. Everyone will make fun of this shit. Well, they, they both decided it wouldn't suit the film. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so, it's stupid as hell. But here's some other things that you might know, already know this, but uh, Robin Williams was in discussions to be Riddler at one point, mm, mm. Uh, but he turned it down. And uh, jo- John Malkovich was also in the oh, running. Oh, that's interesting. That'd be a fun yep. choice. Yeah. But someone who really wanted to play the Riddler. Uh, was Michael Jackson. 
Okay, interesting. And he interesting. like he, he fought hard for it, and they just nah, you just don't have it. Yeah, mm. he, uh, Michael Jackson's great at a lot of things, but acting in his music videos alone, terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. always bad. He's always playing a gangster or something. Even and that, he's so believable as a gangster. <laughs> I love even it. The, the acting in the vocal acting in um, the girl is mine. With oh. Paul McCartney is some of the worst shit I've ever heard committed. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Oh, and the, the acting at the st- with Chris Tucker at the start of um whatever song that is. Mm. Is that Remember the Time? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Remember yeah. the Time, where he's like, um, Chris Tucker's like, you got a, that girl over there. She's so fine. She's been checking you out. And Michael's yeah. like, I'm gonna go get her. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you ever hear the other role that Michael was really trying to get that he went yeah. hard for was Jar Jar Binks in yep. Phantom Menace? No shit. Yeah, yeah, he was dying to play Jar Jar Binks, and I heard about the way that George <laughs> Lucas kind of like brushed it away. There was one day that he was like meant to have like a dinner meeting with Michael, and he just brought Ahmed Best, the guy that was going to play Jar Jar Binks, with him. It was just like, oh yeah, he's playing Jar Jar. He's going to play Jar Jar in the movie. Yeah. And then it never ever came up again. But oh. Armored Best, uh, it, I'm not good at accents, but this is how Armored talks about it. He goes, yeah, Michael was like, oh, hi, I'm Michael. Yeah, yeah. And then when he said, oh, I'm playing Jar Jar, he went, yeah, all right. Okay. And <laughs> dropped his high voice <laughs> and just went into like really deep voice. Uh, hey, these are some of the other actors who were considered for the Riddler before they eventually uh, signed on Jim Carrey. Kelsey Grammer as the Riddler. Oh, I like that. Matthew Broderick. No. Phil no, Hartman. Phil Hartman. Wow. Oh, wow, that's fun. I see Just Phil Hartman in the universe. I don't know if I see him as a Riddler. Mm. Yeah. He could be a penguin. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. I we'll never see it now. Yeah. Wow. That, I'm actually going to start having some kind of clinical depression thinking about what <laughs> might have been in a well, previous universe. Another one they thought was Steve Martin could have been a good uh, Riddler. Sure. He's, yeah. sure, he's sure. beyond it. But that he's, era too, like that era of Steve Martin, is he's yeah. he's moved on from that side of himself. Exactly. His mm. LA story, he's mm. not doing shit like this. Rob Schneider? Yes. No, I love it. Rob, but I'm I don't it. see him for Rids. No. And one more that you both were like. Adam Sandler was considered for it. <laughs> mm. I get look, I love Sandler, you know you know that, but I also don't see him as the Riddler. I can't no. I don't see it. Even that it's too goofy. Yes. I yes. don't want to see Sandler in a costume. Yeah, true. Unless he's allowed to wear basketball shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's like, hey, <laughs> I'm the Riddler. Basketball shorts with freaking question marks <laughs> yeah. all over them. Yeah, then I'm I'm the Riddler. <laughs> he's doing all these stupid 90s voices. Uh, <laughs> hey, before we move on from En Vogue, the mm-hmm. other song of theirs that I really love is Don't Let Go, parentheses oh, love, yeah. which is from the movie Set It Off. I love Set It Off, one of my favourites. Great movie, great song. And it's one of those songs that will always be on Smooth FM and it always mm. puts me in a good yeah. mood. The one I, for me that I love by them is My Lovin', You're Never Gonna Get It, which yeah. is just such a fun, like, playful song with, like... A, it's got one of those... It's a song where there's, like, a plot, you know what I mean? Mm, where it's, like, yeah. there's mm. an act out, there's segments. I think it's so funny. I talked about it with Jordan Hickey on this show. It was very good. All right. Hey, this is another song from a movie. This is Janet Jackson, and from the film Poetic Justice, this is again...
beautiful song yeah it's got a nice piano line i really like that i love janet and i love poetic justice i think it is such a great underrated movie so this is john singleton's follow-up to boys in the hood which mm-hmm. people at the time didn't really appre- i mean they thought it was a letdown from boys in the hood they, and this one was just a simple a simple like movie they they thought yeah, well, I mean, Boys in the Hood is Boys in the Hood is such a freaking ripper. Like, there's it's one of the best debut feature films any director's ever had. He was like 21 years old when he mm. made it, and he made it with so much like raw feeling in it. And then Poetic Justice, I think he reaches new heights, but that people didn't quite understand at the time. I think that he, I mean, he's an undeniable filmmaker, John yeah. Singleton. He's amazing, but I think. Poetic Justice, it's so beautiful because it's just like this interesting weird road movie that has these two magnetic performers outside of their comfort zone, like not as musicians of Tupac and Janet together. And I think they're kind of amazing. Tupac himself, I reckon, could have been De Niro to John Singleton Scorsese if they, you know, both lived long enough to make more movies together. If he didn't if he didn't feel like guilt of killing Kurt Cobain, mm-hmm. he would have would have survived <laughs> longer. Guilt um, is a crippler. Every man <laughs> should go to therapy for any of misdeeds that they've done in their life. So Janet didn't Janet this is her first film. Didn't do another film for another seven years. Mm-hmm. Was the next she went one from Poetic Justice Nardi Professor too. The clumps. Yeah. Truly I watched both an last evil year. Movie. I think it's a really sinister evil film. I think it's great. No, 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 no. The first one has heart. It has beautiful performances from everyone. The second one, The Clumps, is just Eddie reveling in making fun of these big fat people that he made up. Wow, Cameron. Let me read you my review that I wrote when I rewatched Nutty Professor The Clumps February 1st of this year. I gave it three and a half stars. And this is my sincere review. Good Lord, such a truly unbelievable technical feat. The magic of cinema is the meeting of the crafts of acting and visual technique to create art. The invisible wonder of all Eddie Murphy characters interacting is like a ballet of choreographed staging. Unfathomable how much work and precision would have to go into creating this. Goes even further beyond that. Eddie is riffing masterfully the whole way through. An impossible feat. Sherman is one of the most beautiful film creations oh, and the touch of Buddy being part dog is stupid funny to me and Janet is charming yeah, I mean look I, I love Eddie uh, I've said this many times one of my favourite stars of stage screen and studio love the song 
party all the time. <laughs> oh, and his song in Shrek is great. Great song in Shrek. But I just think, like, that movie sucks. Awful. I think he, he's funny in it, but it's a really mean, sinister movie. That's a movie that has a scene where a character gets raped by a f- giant hamster. I can't yeah. abide this movie. That was maybe my least favorite part of the film. <laughs> I will admit to that. But I think I was just kind of blown away because I hadn't seen it in like 20 years. And then mm. seeing how insane it would have to be to film that stuff, mm. to choreograph it all. I was like absolutely mesmerized <laughs> watching Nutty <laughs> Professor do the clubs. I couldn't believe it. And I think Janet is so good. I wish she was in more movies. Janet's I think great. she's such I a do good like star. Janet. She's really good. So this song was nominated for both the Golden Globes, RIP, <laughs> and the Oscars. Both the Golden Globes. Oh, okay. And oh, the Oscars. Wow. Yeah. Nominated wow. for an Oscar. Did didn't win. Okay. Damn it. What won that year? Uh, Philadel- Philadelphia. Oh, by Springsteen. The Springsteen song. Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. Good song. Uh, good yep. song. Good, good year. song. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like that song. There's better. I think this song might be better, though. I'm a, well, and this, I'm a Springsteen guy. Well, this song was written especially mm-hmm. for the film. Uh, mm-hmm. The producer said, we need, we need a song. We need a ballad. That yeah. was the rules. You have to be mm-hmm. a ballad. And so yeah. she was working with Jimmy Jam, her producer, and a guy mm-hmm. called Terry Lewis. And Jimmy Jam had been playing the piano Terry earlier. Lewis from the original Nutty Professor. Oh, Terry, no. not Jerry. Oh, no. <laughs> but maybe that's what got her thinking. Oh, I could yeah. do the nutty professor. <laughs> I worked with Jerry and. Uh... <laughs> uh, but uh, he had the piano line because she was recording her album, uh, Janet, and they had that piano line and couldn't think of anything to do with it. And then mm. when the call came through, you need to write a ballad. She went, all right, we'll just write the plot of the film, pretty much saying mm. uh, traveling with an ex and falling in love yeah. with him again. And so that's how the song came, and it got number one in the wow. in the US. Number one. I think it's a good song. I'm a yeah, I'm a bit yeah. of a sucker for a ballad. Mm. Yeah, and this this is fits right in the wheelhouse. Plus that particular tone on the piano mm. and the keys that's very sparkly. You could say overproduced, a very overproduced sound. Yeah. I quite yeah. like it. I'm a bit of a fan of it. Yeah, I right. also think it's worth noting that mm. the movie Poetic Justice. She plays a poet called Justice. Yeah. Oh, no. I didn't realise. I didn't know that. Okay, I'm with the critics on this one. Singleton's follow-up is a flop. Boys in the hey. Hood follow-up, no good. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be back very soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And we're back. Now, we're here with a, a massive band. A band that has been on, <laughs> on the compilation five times already. <laughs> I'm honestly losing, losing things I can actually talk about them, <laughs> apart from saying they're really nice guys and they make very good music. This is Crowded House <laughs> and their song, Nails in My Feet. My life is a house. Crawl through the window Slip across the floor And into the reception room We enter the place Of endless persuasion Like a knock on the door When there's ten or more things to do Who 
They're my favourite bands, I would say. I love Crowder House they're, so much. They're a top five for sure. Well, mm. you were saying before mm. we recorded, Alexi, you were at their big opera house uh, show, but they they're, filmed. Yeah, their more recent one, not the yeah. one from the 90s. Uh, where I was barely, uh, yeah, not When they came back from retirement, um, I think it was like 2017 or 2018, and they filmed it, and you can see me in the concert video. I'm like so close to the front and you just see me staring at them in awe because I just never thought I'd get to see them live. Right, just, let's, I loved let's them. Get that on Alexi's IMDb page. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, get my star goal. rating up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was, I, I've never heard this song before. Really? No, I've never, I've, I was oh, saying. Uh, I think I've listened ago, to it every week of my life, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, I was saying two episodes ago that, uh, with Beck Sharwood that uh, uh, would What's it? Oh, it's Woodface. Woodface, yeah, Woodface yeah. was such a huge album. The Tim Finn one. The one yeah. with Tim on it, yeah. Yeah. And Together Alone, which is the follow up to that. Mm. People don't really talk about it that much totally. as an album. And then 100%. I look at the I looked at the song songs on it. I went, This is amazing, this album. Yeah. yeah. Pineapple like, yeah. Head, Locked Out, Private Distant Universe, Sun. Distant yeah. Sun. Distant Sun. Yeah, it's yeah. it's true. I my it's the album that my parents didn't have. So yeah. mm. my parents did have the first three and they got constant play, especially Woodface. Yeah, and so Woodface was the album that I grew up on, thinking this is the this is the definitive Crowded House mm. sound. And then now, whenever I put it on, I got to be honest with you, I'm like a bit, I'm a bit off it. I, I think mm. Tim Finn's songwriting style overwhelms Neil's yeah. on the mm. album, and I don't like it as much. Wow, that's so beautifully put, Cameron. And I think as well, this one is like a little bit more fun. Like, they're, yeah. like, mm. an odd little eclectic batch of songs as well. I think I probably discovered these songs more uh, as, like, a best-of compilation. And it's mm. only been more recently in, like, you know, the last 10 years or so that I've, like, listened to this together alone as an album. And it just yep. is so... It's so interesting. I think it's beautiful. Well, this is how the song came about. And I, when I first heard this, I thought, he's taken the piss here. Mm-hmm. But then I listened to the, and I'm like, oh no, it's that I understand where he's coming from. So, Nails in My Feet was written because he was aerating his lawn and he had these sandals that he bought from like the hardware store mm-hmm. that had nails on the bottom of them. Wow. And he was aerating his tennis court in Melbourne because he loves playing tennis mm-hmm. on grass. And <laughs> there was a lot of maintenance. Beautiful but life. Thought, but he thought, Nails in Your Feet looked 
it can mean that, but it's also quite a biblical image. Yeah, definitely. And it inspired Christ. him to write the song. So he had, all right, he had the idea of nails in my feet from doing a bit of gardening. Wow. Well, he is one of the greats. It's undeniable. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I didn't know that. That's, <laughs> that's actually de- deflated it a little bit for me. I, mm. I always assumed it was a Christ allegory. And now well, I'm finding out this rich prick is just like trying to make his grass tennis court a bit nicer to play. It's on. from an interview he and Mark Seymour are doing. And uh, Mark Seymour is like into uh, farming. And he's like, mm. you could have just got some chickens to do it. He goes, well, I know that now, but it was nice to go out there <laughs> yeah. and clomp on the grass and, you know, get the holes in it. Yeah. The, well, this will probably be interesting, though, because it might be the only time Cam and I ever get to go on the record talking about Crowder House in our lives. Mm. But um, there a few years ago, Neil Finn did a duet with Mike Myers singing the BBC song from Austin Powers. <laughs> 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 and it was on like Instagram and stuff. Like we found the videos and everything. <laughs> it was pretty wild. I can't. I, I still. I that's if I ever meet Neil Finn, it's weird that that will be the thing I'll probably <laughs> ask him about. The other thing I I want to say is Neil Finn looks so much like Damien Callanan. Mm. Oh, there's like a, yeah, I can see yeah. that. I can see that. I could see myself getting starstruck around Damien Callanan and then having to kind of reverse out of it. Yeah, and be like, hang on a second. Am I just thinking of another guy? Hey, are you Ski House or Crowded House? <laughs> <laughs> this song, I, I feel like I don't... I haven't listened to this song much in my life. It's definitely one that, you know, I didn't I didn't know just by looking at the title of it. Yeah. It's a great it's a great song and it's also mm. it taps into that Neil Finn, that side of Neil Finn you rarely hear, which is kind of like a bit sexy or dark. Mm. Yeah. You know, when when we think of the classic Neil Finn songs there, the kind of almost sexless sing-alongs like mm. Weather with You and Four Seasons in One Day and what Although he does sing the line I'll kiss you in four places. True, mm. and I we can only assume one of those is the pussy. Oh no, oh, that's not that's not that's not Crow House, sorry. I thought oh, that that's, was Stigmata. That's Hunters and Collectors. <laughs> Hunters and Collectors. Yeah. And they were, yeah, that's true. But that's got a Seymour brother in it, so that yeah. can yeah. But this song, like, I put this song in the same camp as Into Temptation. And yes. Those yeah. sort of darker, darker Crowded House songs that remind you for a second that Neil Finn has a dick and you go, mm. oh, man, this guy wanted to fuck a few times and probably yeah. did. It's almost awesome. like he's in awe of melancholy or something. That's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he just writes so beautifully that he's like in awe of his subjects, you know? Yeah. It's crazy that this is on the same album as Pineapple Head, which is just yeah. this jaunty little fucking mm. semi-sea shanty. Uh, I loved Because yeah. when we were growing up, the only Crowd House album we had was The Best Of, the mm. recurring dream one. And Pineapple yeah. Head was my favourite song yeah. on that. But I was also... Well, it's about a guy for Pineapple Head. What's not yeah. to like? I was 13, 14. I was like, yeah, of course, this is this is brilliant. I like that song too. Locked yeah. out, my god! I mean, th- I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna listen to Together Alone today alone. Oh wow! Mm. Hey, Together. I just looking this up. Um, part uh Locked Out it was a big hit because it was on the Reality Bites soundtrack from '94 yeah. as well. Far well, that, out. That's another thing I was gonna say is that they. I know we know that they were really trying to break America during mm. this era of the '90s, and it, it looks like they must have had. The best fucking PR group working for them. They really put the yards yeah. in. They're on the Reality Bites soundtrack. They're on a couple of other movie soundtracks. Mm. And even just being on... Having this song, an album track, on 100% hits 
Yeah. yeah. Someone was working hard to make them stars yeah. overseas, right? Well, they, they did Letterman as well. They did it a few times. Yeah. What, wow. And just never quite happened for some reason. Well, yes and no. They kind of did, but they didn't break through. Not like in, in excess broke through over there. Mm, and mm. it might be to do with the sexlessness of mm. Neil Finn. Yeah. Oh, we've got to get this guy laid. But you know what? Yeah. Then they'll break through. <laughs> now that you brought up Michael Hutchins too, he's someone who, I think Alexi and I have spoken about this in the past, people, the in excess legacy is never mm. taken as seriously as Crowded House. I think because Michael was too hot. Yeah. yeah. Like pe- people look back on in excess as, oh yeah, just that hot guy's band. Yeah, I feel that with my podcast. People don't take that <laughs> seriously. They're like, oh, it's just you need too to find a good, steamy, you need sexy. to find the perfect middle ground of like a bit sexy but also yeah. a good songwriter. And That's why we love it. Bob Dylan. Bob yeah. Dylan loved the world around. He's just a little bit sexy, <laughs> great songwriter, and such a sultry voice. He is a bit sexy. He is hot. He, Back, I think Bob yeah. Dylan's hot. 60, 66, that, that period. Yeah. yeah big, come big on hair. and smooch me. When he looked like Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> All right, moving on. This is an Aussie classic. People oh, yeah. revere this song. Mm-hmm. This is the Screaming Jets and their song from Terror of Thought, Helping Hand. Helping Hand by oh. the Screaming Jets. God, I love that. That's a good Man, song. I, I love that I, song. I haven't heard it in such a long time. I mm. remember I it being heard around. It in like 10 years. Probably. Yeah. Mm. This song it, peaked at number 25 in the Aria charts. Man, and get it up in, there. Get it in, higher. In 2018, Triple M, do you remember when Triple J said we're not going to do uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hottest 100 <laughs> on Australia Day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple M. <laughs> they said, we'll crack, do it. <laughs> crack the shits. <laughs> And they said, we're going to have an Ozfest and counting down yeah, the that. most Aussie songs of all time. Sick. This got This got number 56 wow. in the Aussiest songs of all time. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Do you know, a uh, few things about Screaming Jets. 
They're from Newcastle, which is where mm. I'm So they're from. hometown heroes for you, Cammy. They I went to the same high school as Dave Gleason and Grant Wormsley. So wow. Dave Gleason's the singer, uh, yep. Grant Wormsley's a guitarist. I've known this song my entire life, and guess what? I, up until today, I thought it was Cold Chisel. <laughs> my entire life I was like Oh yeah You know that chisel song That Mossy sings um, Helping hand And then I saw it On this playlist I was like No fucking way I had no idea I've, I've loved this song My whole life Had mm. no idea it was them And it's it's actually given me More love for the Screaming Jets yeah. Than I thought was possible You know, I'm coming around they, they play the type of rock music I don't really like Pub rock Yeah 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 well, I don't Sometimes I don't mind pub rock If it's mm. got a Like if it's cool but stream jets like unfortunately yeah. for them they're just not cool that's yeah it's a shame I, isn't it but you yeah know, they were and uh i think they're cool in newcastle do you know what i mean like they were they're newcastle cool they're newcastle well, cool like they they played at the 1997 grand final victory yeah. so we we love them but i will mm. agree with you they're ch- cheese ball mm. like the a song little better bit, yeah i love i love better but i also yep. love it from an ironic distance yeah Shiver, their cover is that's a great, great I song. Love, but it's already a great Shivers. song. Yeah, a great song. Yeah. Uh, but so K San, by the way, won the Ozfest 2018. Wow. Of course, yeah. Fair of enough. course. I've I've fully come around on Chisel in the last few years. Where growing up, I thought they were lame. You know what I mean? Like I thought. Me that too. I put them in the same ballpark of that sort of lame pub rock. Mm. And then the last few years, I'm just. Anytime Chisel comes on, I feel so happy. I love, yeah. I love both Mossy's voice. I love Barnsley's voice from yeah. back then. I, I love, love his speaking voice. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I wish he did more spoken word. In the yeah. Song. Well, this song uh, is Dave Gleason's favorite uh, Screaming oh, Jet yeah. song, mm. uh, and he says people always said it's so out of the box for us. And he goes, I think they just say that because it's got a trumpet on it. That's all. Yeah. Like yeah. it's. Yeah, but the trumpet's beautiful on it. It's it really nice, a, yeah. It's a bit out of the box. It almost feels like they're doing a riff on the police or something, mm. like message in a bottle, you know? It's a bit, yeah. a bit in that ballpark. But and a little bit slowed down, like jazzy as well. Yeah. Mm. It was written by the bass player as well. Oh, Paul Wasine. I think yeah. it's their best song. Uh, you know, it's eclipsed better for me now. I think it's mm. their my favourite Screaming Jets song. And I'm so glad it's not Cold Chisel because now I feel ownership over it that it's yeah. from Newcastle. So <laughs> thank you. All right. Guys. We're going to move on. Now, we've got three of the weirdest songs that have ever been on the compilation coming up. Oh, my God. So <laughs> normally they do one novelty song, mm-hmm. an album. It seems they've done three in a row now. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to now play. <laughs> I reckon they didn't consider some of these to be novelty. No. I reckon the songwriters didn't consider them novelty. But we're now going to play Doug Parkinson's Ode to Australian Test Cricket Captain Alan Border. This is crazy. It's called Where Would We Be Without AB? Oh my God. <laughs> Summer sun standing in the heat waves with the gift of a champion is thinking of the dawn. She wants to be like that. For the glory of Australia, the boy begins to band. The years have passed so quickly, I 
And he becomes a man. I can relate to that. <laughs> we should put this in a team movie about a boy jacking off for the first time. That's Fuck that's me. the song. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, just, it's unbelievable. And and you know, like we obviously we're gonna have to draw the comparison to Paul mm. Kelly's song yeah, Bradman. Bradman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a great song that I also roll my eyes at almost every line of. But it, that at least feels more like um a storyteller song akin yes. to like yes. Bob Dylan's totally. kind of like hurricane and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this I can't tell if this is a <laughs> gag or not. Like, no, he, this is real. <laughs> he yeah. says the Alan boy Border. begins to bat. <laughs> I thought that was it. Like it sounds like a like a Lion King. It sounds like a song from the Lion well, yeah, King. Yeah, well, so Doug right. Parkinson was a big musical theatre guy. He's from Hair, right? Is that yeah? What well, he's, he, from? he's done lots of stuff, but he started mm. off as like a blues rocker. He has a great a great version of Dear Prudence, the Beatles song. Oh, I wow, highly yeah. recommend you watching that. He's got an amazing voice. Yeah, and then he got into musical theatre. And he was always one of these guys in the 90s who was just on like the midday show mm. or Carols oh, by yeah. Candlelight singing a song. And I didn't mm. know who he was. I had no mm. idea. I used to get him and, um, was it Doug Mulry who hosted oh, Naughtiest yeah. Home Videos? Yeah, yeah I used yeah, to yeah. get them mixed up. But yeah, Doug Parkinson. <laughs> he does look like Doug Mulry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a time when like, you could be on TV and just mm. look... It's insane. Like you wanted to look, yeah. The amount of fucking hoops you have to jump through now to get on TV. Yeah. It's insane. Back then you could be the fuggliest prick yeah. and just and do anything. You could be like, yes. Yeah, hey, I'm a TV presenter. Also, I'm in musicals and I yeah. have a band and I do all this other shit. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also <laughs> You is- should come back as fugly Dave Gray. <laughs> new, new character. He's even uglier. He's fugly Dave Gray. <laughs> And you could just smoke a dari on TV. You could smoke a cigar and do whatever. I remember yeah. Ray Martin used to have an ashtray under his seat on the midday show. You'd see it. Just you'd see this full ashtray under his seat. Um, also, back in cricket used to be so much more important to Australia yeah. back in the nineties. Like mm. now, I, I can't imagine now anyone. Now it's all Quidditch with these kids. <laughs> well, I can't imagine anyone writing a song about Pat Cummins, the like current yeah. Test captain. Well, do, you, do you think this this happens? Like uh, how 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 many times in a lifetime do we get big songs about current sports people mm. how what yeah. it's happened with the hurricane is already like bob dylan yep. writing about something that happened years ago yeah but what else is there and There's, paul kelly wasn't contemporary of bradman either yeah. i don't imagine so is this this is like <laughs> did this come out when alan border was still playing when he retired oh that's that insane so the like tribute a, the year that he retires, he's like, "Hey, by the way, here's a song I wrote about you." But that does that just would never happen now. We should write a song about Tracy Grimshaw retiring from the current <laughs> affair, and Where it'd be a big be epic without big... Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a really cringy song. The lyrics are lame enough, but it's the mm. production and the style of the music, which, again, just it'll never be a classic like the Bradman song because it just no. feels like. 
so treacly and sickly sweet. Too grandiose. Like, Mm. it really does feel like an epic, and it's not worthy. (laughs) Paul Kelly also wrote one for Shane Warne. Which, oh, do, oh the, what's it called? The King of Spin or something like no, that? No, it's just called Warning. It's, it's really bad. It's all, oh, almost no. like he, he oh, was wow. asked to do it for something and just went, all right, here's five minutes of my time. It's like a parody of another like old like dance hall kind of song. Oh, it's, no. it's, it's not I very good. didn't even know that existed. That's, yeah. So that sucks to hear. All right, let's move on to our next... Oh my gosh! Our next one. Now this is this one. This one I can't believe you're putting us through this. This is my. This is the one I'm excited about. To be honest, (laughs) this is absolute hunk from Police Rescue, (laughs) Gary Sweet, and this is his version of the Billy Thorpe classic. Most people I know think that I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) The big band is so funny. Okay, that's enough. We, we get we get where it's going. That's God. that's what's happening there. Yeah. Oh my God. I think this is something that Cameron and I are truly fascinated by when mm. an actor mm. just tries to do some music, not like yes. even a vanity project album, mm. but just tries to do some music. Just dips in, dips well, this, in to the world of music. This is I think because he did this at the age of thirty-seven. So I, like you know, out. I get it if you're 22, 23, mm-hmm. you're a movie star, TV star, going, hey, someone's offering me to do. I, I like my yeah. singing. I'll do this. But at 37, you have some awareness oh, of. My God. Mm. I mean, there, but for the grace of God, you know, like you look at mm. it and you go, that's a warning sign for all of us, just to know our lane and stick mm-hmm. to it. So this is what he, he said happened. So he was at a party. And he was singing. There was a band. So he got up and sung a song with the band. No, no. I think that's a real no-no. Already that's a red flag. Yeah. Mm. Well, in the audience at the party was a music producer who said, hey, would you like to be a singer? And he goes, I'd love to be a rock star. Of course. (laughs) I hope that's exactly how the exchange went. Would you like to be a singer? I'd love to be a rock star. I'd love to be a rock star. Of course. (laughs) What do you think? And this was on the soundtrack to the police rescue film. Oh. There's a mo- police rescue didn't, film. First of all, didn't even know there was a movie. Yeah, and, and that upsets me mm. more than you know when Ice Cube's in a movie and when he enters the scene. Often they'll have like an old Ice Cube track or NWA yeah. play. That already annoys me because it's <laughs> in the world of the movie. I'm like, so does NWA exist? What the fuck? So that infuriates me even more that you could be watching the police rescue movie and then hear Gary Sweet's voice on the fucking yes. soundtrack. I was the same. Have you seen Love, the uh, Paul Rust, Judd Apatow yeah. TV show? Yeah. Yeah. So Mark Everett from Eels is yes. in that. Yes. But also there's a scene where Paul Rust's character is driving around listening to Eels on the that's, radio. That's annoying to me. And it's like going, <laughs> why didn't you go when you're playing with the guy? Hey, you look like the guy from Eels. Or just, no, call, or just make him play E from Eels. You know? Yeah, like, he's exactly. The main, he's the real guy. Himself. 
Yeah, that's like, it. There's too many decisions. You got to either make the music non-diegetic, where it's like yes. in the world. It's not yep. in the world of the film. It's just out there. It's God playing the soundtrack for you. But yeah, yeah. Nah, if it's too confusing, that sort like of that, shit annoys like me. It. That so, and this is this. I mean, let's focus on this song here for a mm-hmm. second because all right, because look, I I quite like this song. I quite this I, original's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind. I don't know much Billy Thorpe. But this is obviously the. If you're gonna know a Billy Thorpe song, this is the yep. one. I know that he is sort of the godfather of pub rock in many ways. He mm-hmm. kind of let opened the door and let all the greats like the Screaming Jets mm-hmm. through. But <laughs> to, I think the problem with it, anyone can sing this song. That's why it's a good song. If it yeah. comes on at karaoke, you can jump up and do it. You can sing along with the cover band. Well, even in this song, there's people singing. The entire time alongside with him, like and it's him. hard to know which is his yeah. voice. <laughs> I think I think that's my problem with it is there's too many voices crowding it, and I think if you do have a keen ear, you can hear Gary's voice, and it's mm-hmm. the one that's really out of pitch mm. for the entire fucking song. There's someone who's just off, yeah. just not quite hitting the right notes, and I think that's why they've creatively decided to surround him with it. Every other cunt from Police Rescue and Water Rats, I assume. Well. I looked. I looked to see if this made his Wikipedia page. It does. Mm-hmm. Just it's mm-hmm. just a sentence saying, mm-hmm. "Yeah, he, he did, did this." this. <laughs> but what I also saw was under controversies. I didn't know this. So in <laughs> 2004, Gary Sweet was the public face of the Performance Pack Initiative, which was a campaign for men with impotence problems. Mm. Oh wow, PPAC. Mm. And so there's bans against. Uh, advertising prescription medicines that meant that he wasn't allowed to mention the drug Levitra, but mm. he went on uh, Adelaide radio and mentioned Levitra. And so there the ABC's media watch did a whole report and then he actually got <laughs> investigated by the therapeutic goods administration. Oh, for, so for, funny. So for breaching like, advertising codes. Cash for comment, essentially like yeah. he was, he was in the big, in the pocket of big dick medicine. Yeah. <laughs> And he was just shilling for it when he was supposed to be promoting movies and TV shows. <laughs> no, I th- I think he was like he was the face of the campaign. So I think he may have been on that like ABC, not ABC, the radio talking mm. about it. But okay. he just wasn't allowed to mention what was actually in the pills. The, the oh, drug. that's so funny. Wow. Which so I think funny. is so dumb. Like talk about impotence, but you can't talk about yeah. cures for it. Like, I don't yeah. know. What are you supposed to say? Like, hey, just trust me, guys. It's really yeah. good. Trust One me. day, you're going to get a Google and you got to search for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I also found a clip of him singing this uh, on the Midday Show, hosted by Darren Hinch. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you're not from Australia... If yes. you research Darren Hinch, it will be like a lightning bolt through this country. You'll understand so much about this world. He was a mm. journalist, and mm-hmm. then he became like a TV talk show host. He was also an he appears as himself in movies like the comedy The Wog Boy, and then also he's married to Jackie Weaver twice. They got yeah. married and divorced twice, but they're he still is- really good friends. They love each other, and, he, yeah. uh, from, and now he's a politician. By the way, I don't know if I said that. He's a. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a part I left out. He's a politician now, very high up there as well. Um, and he was hosting it, and he's 
Gary's sweet. He's not bald yet. He still has some hair. He's wearing like a size 7XL shirt on mm. this show. Mm. This giant flannel that goes down to his knees like a dress. Like, yeah. like he stayed the night at his boyfriend's house. His boyfriend Shaquille O'Neal and he's wearing his clothes. <laughs> it's like and a then, nightgown. Like he's going to have a little cap on and holding a candle and shit. Well, Darren, Darren Hinch, go back to Darren Hinch, is another example of back when men mm-hmm. could look however they wanted to look and still get work in TV. There was a very famous photo of Darren Hinch in in bed with his shirt off and <laughs> covers only up to his hips and he's like big hairy chest reading the local the morning papers and next to him is a topless woman who's wow. very good looking just wow. sitting there reading the papers with him. And it's like... This is this country's wild. What a, what a he, fucking world, man! He's probably one of our most famous men in this country, Darren Hinch. <laughs> yeah, I'm and so then... jealous that we were born when we were born. You know, mm-hmm. like just imagine we'd all be on TV right now, just doing mm-hmm. whatever the fuck we wanted. We'd have topless girls in bed with yeah. us. <laughs> it's insane. The dream. And in this video that I found on YouTube, I sent it to you guys as well. Yeah. Um, it feels like a stitch up. Like they get Billy Thorpe to come out and sing with Gary Sweet the song. Mm. And Billy Thorpe comes out. He's just come back from LA. He's thinking about moving back to Australia. And he is just belting it. He is going so hard on this song, (laughs) which like we've talked about, it's like a breezy kind of nice song. He is going freaking hard on it. And then Gary Sweet's just standing there, pretty nervous looking like not knowing when he's got to come in and stuff and then when he comes in he's just like not match fit for it can't he's do not it match fit can't do it it is it feels like a total stitch up and then whoever the compare is i don't know there's some other old ugly guy an announcer <laughs> an oh, announcer he's got a headset on there's a hank Kingsley. jeff harvey <laughs> yeah. oh is it is it the musical conductor uh, maybe he's got a little grey goatee and like yeah, it could be Jeff Harvey. Yeah, another old ugly Aussie guy. He's just like <laughs> with a media he's career. Just like, that was you know a hundred episodes of the show. That would have to be one of the most spectacular moments of TV that we've ever had, Darren. And it's just like man, Darren sucks. <laughs> you forget <laughs> that he's Darren Hinch's name is Darren. Darren. Looking at a baby and saying Darren. <laughs> We gotta call this one Darren. You so close to you? Darrow. What are you doing? <laughs> it's it's a really really bizarre clip. And then at the end of it all, um, Billy Thorpe's like, "Yeah, yeah, mate. I love the cover. That's why I agreed to do this. I love the cover. It's good stuff, mate. It's good stuff. It feels so condescending. Like it's like halfway <laughs> genuine, but it also feels so condescending." Uh, now our last song. This oh, is. God. What was the number one song in the Hottest 100 of 1993? This is Dennis Leary and his song, <laughs> Asshole. I didn't know this is number one in the Hottest 100. That's it so sure was. <laughs> But the offspring. Folks, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. About me. About you. About the way our American hearts beat way down in the bottom of our chests. About that special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. Maybe below the cockles. Maybe in the subcockle area. Maybe in the liver. Oh, maybe get in to the it, kidneys. <laughs> maybe even in the colon. We don't know. I'm just a regular Joe with a regular job. I'm your average white suburbanite <laughs> slob. I like football and porno and books about war. I got an average house 
with an ice hardwood floor. My wife and my job, my kids and my car, my feet on my table, and a Cuban cigar. Can I just pause it there for a second? So this but is a some... comedy song that he would play in his shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a minute seven with not a single joke. In the song. Yeah. Is he doing yeah. that live? Is he doing that whole setup going like, all right, guys, let me set this song up for you? Mm. Yeah. I think so. I think that these are technically jokes. Okay. I well, think because he's playing a character at this point. So mm. every line that he says is in character of the titular asshole, which we are well, about to learn. We've built the tension. Yeah. Now for some sweet relief. Mm. That just ain't enough to keep a man like me interested. Oh no, no way, no way. Uh-uh. No, I've gotta go out and have fun at someone else's expense. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I drive really slow in the ultra fast lane while people behind me are going insane. I'm an We get it. That's yeah. that's that song. Mm. Yeah. Number one, hottest one hundred. Yeah. Well, I think the reason was cause it came out in December of '93 mm. when the voting was open, so it was fresh in everyone's mind. And also, right. it was only played on Triple J because of all the swearing in it. Yeah, mm. so yeah. that was the only way you could hear it. So people actually, I want to hear that song. I've heard it's funny, and so they would vote for it so they could hear the song. But yeah, it got number one. It's crazy. Wow. I remember I have a distinct memory of being in primary school and a friend in my year, Nathan Walsh, who had older brothers, was singing this song on the playground. And I, it was like my fucking mind was blown. I was like, what? Yeah. And then when we ran, ran to his house in the afternoon, I heard it on CD or something. And I just couldn't believe that something so funny and so cool could exist. Mm. Those memories. I had the same with The Twelfth Man. I used to oh, listen to yeah. The Twelfth Man. And also... A kid at my school in grade two had watched uh, Delirious by Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. And came to yeah. school and was doing the bits, was doing, I've got my ice cream, I've yeah. got my ice cream, you can't afford it. And just go, oh, this is amazing. Like, yeah. this guy, I can swear on stage. Like, yeah, mm. That's like, shut up at your face for me. I actually feel, I, I'm not kidding, I do feel that way about shut up at your face when I was a kid. What's the matter, you? Hey. Hey. Yeah. Uh, so, a uh, bit of there's a bit of controversy about this song as well. Mm-hmm. You might even know this. Uh, so, uh, we comedian... know everything about comedy. Yes, I know. We're so, big, Louis, Louis C.K. Leary guys, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he claimed that Leary stole this song from him. Yeah. Not the song, but like stole the, the idea premise. of "I'm an Arsehole. because apparently Louis was on stage. Dennis Leary was also going to be on after him, and Louis was doing this bit about "I'm an Arsehole. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. I drive, and I park in handicapped spaces yeah. and all that kind of shit. I piss shit, on the yeah. seat. And then Dennis yeah. Leary came on after him and said that was really funny and added to it. And Louis was like, oh, that's fine. But then he went back a month later and like Dennis Leary was doing the asshole bit. Just still. doing the bit. Yeah. <laughs> without Louis there to wow. go off the back of it. And then the song came out and he closed his show with it and made him a whole bunch of money. But... Dennis Made Leary. Him a star. Dennis mm. Leary is saying that no, I wrote it with Chris Phillips. Chris Phillips actually wrote the song, not yeah. not me. Which is so. like when Robin Thicke got accused of stealing from Marvin oh. Gaye, and he was like, "Hey, cut me some slack. I was actually really high in the studio, and I didn't write a single fucking thing. Pharrell <laughs> wrote it. Pharrell is like, well." 
that's kind of just as bad that you're just saying, well, actually, my big thing, I had nothing to do with it. I'm a hack, okay? Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a freaking crazy. hack. But <laughs> as a comedian, Dennis Leary had a lot of uh, people say he would still act. So his mm. whole thing was pretty much he's still, not the act of, but the persona the of vibe. Bill Hicks. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And there's so much, there's like also very George Carlin. But I, I mean, a lot of people have pick up that kind of stuff. But this is what Bill Hicks, Bill Hicks was asked about it uh, for... Uh, some magazine and he replied with this asking like when he said oh do you think that Dennis Leary is stealing from you he goes I've got a scoop for you I stole Dennis Leary's act I camouflage it with punchlines though and to really throw everyone off I did it before he did oh, <laughs> see that's X. the king that's the king okay. the guy's a crack up <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because I only knew Dennis Leary from this song yep. and so all through my childhood and teens I just assumed he was a novelty songwriter, you know, like mm. Weird Al or something. Yeah. And then Or you, Joe Dolce. Yeah, or Joe <laughs> Dolce. And then you get to your twenties and yeah. you know, I started getting into comedy and I find out that he's actually more famous for being this curmudgeonly, like truth telling comedian. Yeah. It just didn't even make sense that these are two halves of the same guy to me. Well what happened so the first his first album came out and it was all about like, this is what's wrong with the world, like the war, famine, all this kind of stuff. And then the second album, his second hour, same amount of intensity and vitriol, but it was about just like inconveniences in life. Like when someone mm. cuts you off in traffic or <laughs> yeah, shit like that. Yeah, and, yeah, but yeah. the same amount of like anger he had for like famine in the world, he had for <laughs> someone like just, you know, standing in line and talking on their phone. Like, yeah. That's kind of fun. And maybe yeah. I, maybe I should get into Leary. I've never I, when I started doing comedy, uh, I was listening to a lot of Mark Maron and all the old Opie and Anthony stuff, and so I was attuned to not like Dennis Leary mm. because yeah. I'd always and I was a big Louis C.K. fan too, so I, you know, assumed that Dennis Leary was a hack. But maybe fuck, maybe I should give the guy a break and chuck on a record. I quite like him, but I mainly know him more as a character actor yeah. rather than a comedian, a stand-up. Because I think that he's one of the better uh, translations of a stand-up going into the world of like supporting acting or like acting work. I think he's a really good actor. Well, I, I love... think maybe that's what he, maybe he's an actor first, and that's mm. why he like he's copying Bill Hicks. Yeah. Oh yeah. That kind of stuff. And so maybe that's yeah, because. I remember him. He was in my favorite kids movie as a as a kid, which was The Sandlot. Mm. Oh, we yeah. called it, it was called The Sandlot Kids in Australia. But of course, like, yeah. We legally have to call it The Sandlot Kids, <laughs> yes. just like we have to say "flying high" instead yes. of "airplane." <laughs> but he was the dad in that, or the stepdad, who yeah, yes. whose ball they used that had Babe Ruth's signature on it. I He's in this in really the... cool little thriller called Judgment Night, which is just like a one crazy night film with like Emilio Estevez and everyone's favorite. Actor Ari Gold himself, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> he's also in Jesus' <laughs> Son, which I really liked as well. I really, I really love Wag the Dog, and he's mm. yeah, great he's in, in that. that. Um, yeah. You know, he's in a bunch of shit. I, 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 maybe I should give the guy a chance. Operation Dumbo Drop was one of the first four DVDs I ever owned. And I mean, I got to say, hearing that snippet of Asshole just then made me feel very good. I got, yeah. a good, mm. I got a good feeling. I liked it. I liked the singing. I liked the melody. Or maybe I'm a fucking Leary guy now. Can I say this about Asshole as well? It occupies a space in my mind, the song Asshole, but going back and listening to it, I reckon 
oh god, it would have been like probably fifteen years since I last heard it. It would have mm. been definitely since I was in high school was the last time I listened yeah. to it. It is a much bigger production than in my memory. In my mm. memory, it feels a little bit more akin to the Australian versions of this song, of this type of stuff like Bloke, Bloke yeah. or Australiana, where it feels like a live recording that they make a video for. Yeah. But this is like, it's it's big, man. Mm. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. it's big. It's and orchestrated. And he really commits too. Like we were talking about Gary Sweet. With on the mm-hmm. midday show, not really like being able to hit it. He can, Dennis Leary can, he can sing, he can hit those notes. He can hit, hit it, man. The final thirty seconds of this song, which is includes the chant A S S H O L E, that occupies space in my mind. Yeah, mm. I assumed that that's the hook of the song. It's like the end. It's during the fade out. It's man, a treat. This song rules. Yeah, <laughs> and Leary rocks. <laughs> Leary's awesome. This is my favorite song on the whole fucking mix. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go through it. So it says it's 100 percent hits. Let's hmm. go through. How much percent will we give this? Okay, <laughs> dumb to dumb. Melody MC seemed like a lifetime ago. Oh boy, hit or um, not hit? Not for me. Not a hit, but I appreciate it. Okay, mm. she don't let no. Uh, she don't let nobody. Yeah, I like hit. that one. That's a hit. hit. Mm. All right, runaway love. Yeah, it's on Vogue, right? Hit. On Vogue. Yeah, yeah. I like hit. that. Yeah, hit, that hit, good. hit. All right. Uh, again, Janet Jackson. Hit. Now's in my feet, Crowded House. Hit. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't have said it originally, but yes, it's a hit. Helping Hand, Screaming Jets. Yeah, I love that. Hit. hit. Big That's time. A hit. That's a hit. Where would we be without AB? <laughs> nah, it's Tragically not a hit. Tragically. Tragically. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the biggest niggas It made me want to kill myself So that's a no from me <laughs> Could be the worst song on So far Up to volume 11 And that's it including is... All the Red Hot Chili Pepper songs Oh really? This is, this is the worst one? This could be the worst Oh no Yeah I reckon it's a really bad song I also just don't give a fuck About Alan Border Like if it was about <laughs> Almost anyone If it was about Chappelle Maybe yeah. I would have liked it a little more Or if it was about Alan Bo- uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, Alan Bond <laughs> Alan Bond, <laughs> the guy from the the uh, America's Cup victory. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to think of any other Alans that it could be about. Any other ABs? Any other ABs? <laughs> um, Gary Sweet, most people I know think I'm crazy. Oh, Hit crazy. Bad. I actually really think he's crazy. I agree with the song. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a madman for doing it. I hated it. And, an asshole. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, huge, yeah, huge, huge, huge. We've got it's six out of pro- nine, boys. I six think asshole is a headliner. Like it's a proper headliner to close yeah. an album. You out. can't follow it. <laughs> no. what, could, what could follow asshole? Oh, you can't follow musical comedians. It's the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, boys. This has been so much fun. Now, you guys, by the time this has been released, it's out. You've yes. got find, finding Jesus. Tell us all about it. Yes, finding. I don't know which episode will be out by now, but all we'll say is. Finding Yeezus is an exciting and dynamic new mystery from two exciting and dynamic <laughs> investigative Come on, Cam. journalists. I thought, you'd, I thought you'd be off book by now. I thought you'd be off book. <laughs> well, I've been, we've been know. told by the studio we have to get the words exciting and dynamic in <laughs> at least five times for every plug. It's, it is an exciting dynamic production from two of Australia's upcoming forces in the entertainment industry. Mm. Uh, we are investigative documentarians. Thank We've you. been making finding documentaries for the last couple of years as audio, but finally we have leveled up with Auntie Donna and Screen Australia. We've made a video documentary visual feast for the freaking eyes. Um, and we are investigating a very mysterious video game. Should we say what it is, Cameron? Yeah, I mean, I assume by now it's 
already known oh, yeah. for people. Oh, yeah. People know about it. <laughs> yeah. It's called Kanye Quest 3030, and the urban legend goes that it, uh, it was a video game created by a cult in order to recruit new members by, you know, luring them in with a Kanye West-themed video game. So that's what we're investigating. Is it actually right. made by a cult? Is it made by Kanye? We don't know yet, but we will know by the end of these six episodes. Excellent. So where can you find it? It is on the Grouse House YouTube channel, a subsidiary of Auntie Donna. Yeah. Um, you can check it out there. There's going to be six episodes, and they are all guaranteed hysterical. Great. <laughs> They're all cannot, <laughs> cannot wait. <laughs> Any Anything else to plug? Um, no. Oh, but, check but, that out. Just yeah, check, check that out. Check out um, Rescue Me, the TV series starring Dennis Leary. The first few seasons are available on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> so check that out. Get that. Hey, thanks everyone uh, who's Patreon subscribers. You're the absolute best. If you're not, go and you want to be, go to patreon.com slash DYKWIA. And uh, there's a couple of uh, Don't You Know Who I Am's coming up uh, that you can uh, listen to or you can even attend uh, the one on the 23rd in Melbourne at the Retreat Hotel in Brunswick. That's all I need to say. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, Josh. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.